Oh, yes. It's a beautiful afternoon in Abuja, Nigeria, West Africa. Welcome to Cruise and More. Like you all know, Cruise and More is a podcast. Um, we'll be having a special guest today. And today's podcast will be talking sports. And I have a very wonderful guest in the house, a friend and a brother. His name is Priest. Priest, welcome to Cruise and More. Yeah, thank you very, very much. All right. And I'm your cruise master for today. My name is Eva. So we'll be talking about um, a few topics in the world of football. We'll talk about uh, the African Cup of Nations that is ongoing. We'll talk about the Super Eagles. We'll talk about uh, the English Premier League. And then we'll talk about transfer. As we all know, the transfer window will be rounding up today. And uh, we'll see some of the deals that went through and the ones that... Um, are still hanging we don't know from now to 5 p.m or 11 p.m we might have one or two transfers that we can announce but for now uh, let's talk about the african cup of nations uh so far we are at the semi-final stage of the competition so far what do you think about this competition priest okay um thank you very much well um uh, I, I'm very happy to join you today. Actually, I've um, I've been wanting to join something like this for quite a while, but I've not really had the chance. So, straight to the question. Yeah. In the AFCON, at least I've watched from the first game, from the first game of the competition till the last one they've played. I, I think I've watched virtually almost all the games. And what I've noticed really is that um, um, our play, our, our African play have really improved yeah. and um, a lot of things about our game have improved and though I still complained about the officiating but yeah, officiating with games is worldwide has still has a lot of controversies but in terms of the gameplay and in terms of the goals especially, it has really, really, really improved. I mean, it has really improved, I can say that. Okay, that's interesting. Um, it's good to know that the quality of play has improved, uh, but there are other administrative aspects that need to improve as well. Just like you made mention of the refereeing aspect, it's a very key uh, aspect of every tournament, and we are hopeful that uh, CAF will do something about that. Uh, still talking about the Afcon, um, the semi-final stage is set. We'll be having Cameroon versus Egypt, and then. Senegal will be playing against Burkina Faso. What do you think about Cameroon, the host against Egypt, the Pharaohs? Okay, um, let's start with um, Cameroon. From the first game, I, I, I must say I commend them mainly because they've not really had. Um, I don't see them as a team that have these stars in Europe, like top top stars in Europe and all. Yeah. But um, overall, they've done they've done very well. They look so so strong, and to me, they look the strongest in this competition. Okay. So they've been doing very well, and I, I then let's go to Egypt now. Egypt, I never 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 expected that Egypt would make the semi-finals. That's true. Because Egypt, Egypt was a team that, in fact, we played Egypt, we played them like children. But I was so shocked. Yesterday, when they, when they won the game, I was like, wow, how come Egypt that we, we dealt with, look at them now, they're in the semi-finals. So, it's going to be a tough game. Egypt will not give in just like that. Yeah. 
I'm, I can I can say that I'm seeing probably a very tight tight win. That's maybe probably one goal lead or even a penalty. So that's what I'm saying. But Egypt will not give in to the to Cameroon, but Cameroon are so strong. And I still I see how Egypt can beat them. But let's see, shall let's see. Of course, you know, when you get to the semi-final stage of the tournament, you know, uh, you expect top teams. You don't expect uh, a whitewash in the semi-final. It's always very rare to see things like that happening. So um, it's going to be a tough game. But I think uh, somehow you're, you're, you're bending towards the Cameroonian. And I think uh, playing at home will be an advantage. Okay, let's move over to the second game. Um, the game between Senegal versus Burkina Faso. Senegal, uh, at the group stage, they were not even impressive. They, I think they scored just one goal, but they were able to qualify uh, with their strong defence, move over to the next round and then to the quarterfinal. They are in the semi-final against Burkina Faso that seems to be growing. What do you think will happen in this game? Which team do you think will make it to the final? Okay, Senegal, Burkina Faso. Yeah, Burkina Faso have done really well because just like Cameroon, um, I I've not really viewed them as a team that has these star players in quotes. You understand? Yes, yeah, yeah, true. Team the players that can take them all the way to the finals. And from the beginning, I didn't really look at Burkina Faso as I just saw them as a team that probably maybe um, round of sixteen. They will, after round of 16, they will just leave the competition. But they've really done well. They've done well. Even, I think, I don't think um, Traore played that last game. I doubt no, he didn't play. He didn't play. The game, yeah. So, and that is the only player I know in that Burkina Faso team. And in, in mm-hmm. Europe, as a notable player, I know. So, they've, they've really done well. And I got to know that their coach, in fact, their coach, the person coaching them, his son is even in the squad. Um, wow. I think, Goalkeeper, yeah, the goalkeeper is his son, I think so. Yeah, his son is in his squad and he's doing a great job there with them. So, kudos to them. Then, Senegal, <laughs> we all know Senegal, we know who they are. <laughs> they are a very dogged team and rugged. so much quality in that team. Yeah, quality. Yesterday, I watched their game. Yeah, I think their third goal was superb. The control, the long pass, the yeah. control. The, the square pass and the goal from Sa man, I was yeah. like, wow, this one is this one is something else. I in fact that game Senegal Burkina Faso, I would also go for Senegal. I'm looking at Senegal Cameroon, so I would still go for Senegal. Burkina Faso have done a great job, but I really think Senegal will edge them in this one. Oh yes, Priest is going for Senegal. Of course, I am sure uh, 99% of football fans all over the world will be going all out for a straight win for Senegal. Uh, I want to be among the 1% that will say no. It's not even because I think Burkina Faso are good enough to beat Senegal. I just want to be a bit um, emotional for them. They are going through a lot in their country and I'm hoping that a win for Burkina Faso will help uh, bring uh, a little bit of uh, unity and peace back in their country. So, Priest is going for a Cameroon versus Senegal final. We are here and we're going to come back sometime around to, to see how it goes. 
um let's move over yeah. to another aspect of this afcon this time around we'll not be talking about other things we'll be talking about our own team the super eagles of nigeria at the first round no doubt we're the best country uh we're the best team we showed quality we showed class the quality of football we played and everything i mean we were already champions um, from the group stage but this is tournament football uh, the moment you get to the round of 16 you are not permitted to have a bad game if you do you are out of the competition and that was what happened to nigeria against tunisia what do you think went wrong was it overconfidence was it just a bad day in the office was it officiating or poor tactics from the manager what do you think went wrong for the super eagles okay thank you um the super eagles yeah i had very very high expectation for the super eagles note before the competition, I wasn't really tipping the Super Eagles to do much. Yeah. Because we had we had issues with players invited, coaching, this one, um, intern coach and a governor, I'm not really I don't really, I didn't really trust him, though I, I don't know how good he is in coaching. I I later got to find out that he, he took and 2006 guys to Afcon too. Yes, yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was then. Yeah. So, um, prior to the competition, I was not really tipping spiders because of the issues with our players. I really wanted players like Dennis to go to the competition. Osimhen, they are quality players. I knew that if they're in that competition, they will really scare the opponents and they will do a lot for us. But yeah, every Nigerian wanted those guys. They definitely. Yeah, so when I found out that those guys will not make it to the competition with some other midfielders and defenders, um, I was like, how do you want to play this competition? I was, this competition will not even qualify from good stage. But after our first game against Egypt, I just saw, I noticed that the guys were doing very well. So I said, okay, the second game, let's see the second game. Second game, they did so, so, so well. In fact, we would have scored, we would have scored more than we did in the group stage. Yeah. So in the third game, we switched the squad. Over seven changes was done, and we still dealt with the open. So I was like, "Wow, I think we are ready now. We are ready for this competition." But to my to my greatest surprise, I was so shocked. <laughs> and the, I was so so shocked. The reason why I was so shocked is because the Tunisia we played against. I watched their game That's against Mali. They were terrible. They even had a penalty and they threw it away. It was that game they threw at 88 minutes and it almost led to something else on the pitch. Yeah. So it was a Tunisia game. They played terribly. I was, I was looking at them like this Tunisia cannot even qualify. I think they qualified as best best losers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, one of those teams that just managed to qualify. Yeah, those teams that managed to qualify. So I was yeah. looking at that. How, we are going to deal with this with you. My mind, I was like, who are we even playing next? I was not even looking at each other. When, we were, I, when the game was going on, like the first half, we had no score. I was like, second half, we'll deal with this with you. We'll come out better second half. I was so shocked with that goal. After that goal, I remember something in me just died in that game. I, was, <laughs> I will say that tactically, well, tactically, I, the Nigerian team is, the strength of our team is on the flanks. The wingers. Yes. Yeah. That's where the strength is, yes. The wingers and Ian Acho. The wingers and Ian Acho is a very key player. So, but in that Tunisia game, the wingers were 
they were crippled in a way. Australia Moses. Yeah, we saw the Tunisians doubling up on all our wingers. It made it very yeah, difficult. Yeah, we were really crippled from the flanks. Then Ian Ashura, they didn't have a great game. I later had a yellow card. Yellow card, true. Way, exactly. Yeah, the way he brought down his, um, his tempo of the game. So, normally, um, I expected the coach to do some changes, which he did in the second half. But um, if I was the coach, I would have brought in a midfielder, and he did, bringing in Alex Wobi. Exactly. We needed someone, someone to pull strings, like someone to pull to strings. Take the in pressure midfield. from the wingers. Killer pass. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Take the pressure from the wingers. Someone who could hold the ball. Yeah. But um, before I go that, sorry, before I go that, before I go to that, I want to also say that in that game, the midfield was a little bit too exposed. I don't know where Joy Ball was. Maybe it was too close to the four thousand. The, yeah. the, the defensive midfield was too close to the defender, so the midfield was so porous. Okay. Also, so I think that's why we we actually needed the midfielder to pull the ball to carry the ball, like carry the ball. But and the only midfielder you can turn to is Alex Ruby on the exactly. bench for that kind of that kind of job. But I was also shocked. I Ruby came in, the ball was given to him, he miscontrolled and committed a foul, which is going to be a red card, even in the Premier League and anywhere it's going to be a red card. So I think that's what really killed that game. That's okay. that we were still possessing them and we had the quality over them after the red card. It shows that they are very potent. But yeah. the if we lose that that thing we need, which is someone who can carry the ball and do something with the ball. We need, we need something to be done with the ball. Exactly. You know, towards the end of the game, Sadiq, who came in, who we were even looking at as this guy, this guy is not good. He was trying to do something with the ball, and something came out. You know, exactly. We were all surprised to see Sadiq. Yeah, move. yeah. Was yeah. He, he did well. He did really well. So we just needed someone to do something with the ball. We needed, and I think Chukwu is a. They shouldn't have brought him off. Chukwu is a special. Um, and Chukwese and as well, we should have brought AJK instead of um, Olayinka. Olayinka, yeah. Yeah, Olayinka, I think the few times I've watched him in his club, he's a striker, he's all this kind of poacher striker, not a player yeah. that can really take an opponent, take an opponent and hold the ball. You notice they played on the flag that it was non-existent. Yes, so, yes, you don't play a player yes, like Olayinka on the flag. It was a strange decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a lot of things happened that day with the midfield and the forward line. So it was just so somehow it was so scattered. We pressed the panic button as well after the score was. Yeah. We're no longer we're no longer um we're no longer the team we we throughout the competition. So so it's just so unfortunate. I I really wished we could get that draw. I think we'd have beaten those guys if we could get the draw. Even with that red card, that red card, even with that red The, the panic button. But I did press the panic button and nothing, nothing will change it again. That's it. All right. So it's so unfortunate that uh, we're out of the competition and uh, we could only be watching the game from our televisions. Even the players themselves will be watching from their couch and they won't be part of the competition anymore. And uh, now we are barely a month into our next World Cup qualifier, a two-legged qualifier with our arch rivals, Ghana. If you were in charge of 
the Nigerian Football Federation, what will be your decision about who is going to take charge of that particular game? Will you want a Guavon to continue or you will want um, the newly uh, appointed or to be appointed a white manager, per se, to take over? Who, will you think, who, do, who do you think will be the right person to take Nigeria to the World Cup? Okay, the qualifier in particular. Yeah. So, um, I want to preview something I read today online. Okay. I read something about Seth Black. I was talking to a Nigerian legend. I can't remember that his name. So, he told the guy that the reason why he likes he, he likes Nigerians was because even from the time of Keshi, we, we trusted in our own. And Keshi delivered for us in the Afghan. Also, during the time of Keshi, if you watch Spiders very well, we played quite well. Not great, but we just had this, we had this nice play in our team. Even in the World Cup, we played well. I think so that year I think France moved us in the round of 16. That's yes, yes. In that Keshi, yeah. So Seblata was saying um, we have coaches that can do a job for us. So even after this AFCON. He still mentioned it again. And he said something. He said, it's only someone from your country that really knows the mentality of the players, that knows how to use those players for the national team football. He said national team football is totally different from club football. And yes, you may have a foreign coach that will do a job for maybe two years, three years. But long term, I mean... If you want someone that really gets you that job, get that job done. In a, a a coach from that country would have yeah. been the best. So okay. uh, it, also make, it also makes me to remember something else. There was one time when Asarenga said that he got a job to coach a national team. I can't really remember that national team, but not France. So he said that he told them that they need someone from their country. That that person will know how to do the job better. Okay. Yes. So for a governor now, a governor, I think I I kind of saw that in this uh, this competition. A governor just knew. Normally, if it was raw, some players wouldn't have played in this competition. Mm. Some players wouldn't have played, and as well, we saw players like Iwobi. Iwobi has not been in good form for quite a, a while now. But the governor noticed that and dropped him. Yeah. I don't think Rock have dropped you with the way Gavon did. Okay. So I would have still been looking at some of these players like these guys. Oops, so they can't be dropped. But Gavon is only who is performing best, who is giving the results. I think I really think if Raw wouldn't have dropped you. We are not saying Ruby is a popular, but it's just the mentality behind the coach from our country that knows who is actually performing and who is not. Exactly. Yes. But now we've hired a, a white guy, and believe me, I will tell you that if Amadou knew that this competition would be like this, probably would have been patient. Yeah, with sure. A white coach, yeah. So I don't know what their agreement or contract is, but if they have agreed with the coach, with the Portuguese guy, that he'll take over. After the outcome, then I don't think there's any need coming back to to change anything. It will not speak well of the NFF. Yeah. But but if there is no full agreement yet, 
then personally, I would say they should allow the government continue at least play this playoff Nigeria to Ghana. But it all depends on the agreement. So what is the agreement? If the agreement is there on ground, there's no point changing it. It just only cause a lot of a lot of um, um, uh, misunderstanding and all. So that's what I have to say. Okay, very well. Thank you very much, Priest. Um, we don't have much time. We would have talked about the EPL and the transfer window, but I think we still have about um seven hours or thereabouts to go for the transfer window to be completely shot. So we'll probably have uh another podcast where we'll talk about the transfer, we'll talk about the losers in the transfer, we'll talk about those you think have gained so much. We'll talk about some of the big transfers and the ones that went through around 11 p.m. or thereabout. But for today, I want to thank you once again for coming to the show and sharing your thoughts. Thank you so much, Priest. It's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Our listeners, this is where we're going to be drawing the curtain. We want to thank you for listening to us. We hope that we'll have um, another very wonderful edition like this to share our thoughts on sports and every other aspect of life. Like you all know, cruise and more is not just about sports. We talk about lifestyle, we talk about sports, we talk about culture, we talk about movies, we talk about comedy and so many other things. I am your cruise master. My name is Eva and I'm signing out for today. Peace out guys and God bless you.